This is the Authentic Sex Podcast. Real life conversations about sex, pleasure and relationships. I'm your host, Juliet Allen. Welcome to episode 85 of the Authentic Sex Podcast. My name is Juliet Allen. I'm a sexologist and sex and relationship coach. And today we're talking about the feminine mysteries and ecstatic menopause. And I'm really lucky to be joined by Janine Marie. Janine is a beautiful, wise woman who I have had the honor of being... um, I guess in retreats with and learning from over the past few years and so in this episode we talk about well we talk about all sorts of things Janine talks about the feminine archetypes in particular the maiden the mother and the crone and the initiations in the body and the portals that we go through um, to be initiated into these archetypes we talk about a lot about ecstatic menopause and this is something that I have been so fascinated by so I loved that Janine really talked openly and honestly around her experience with menopause and how it can be a really ecstatic ecstatic portal in life. We also talk about awakening ecstasy in the body as the feminine path which is really amazing concept and beautiful to hear Janine talk about and the feminine longing to be fucked open to God, including a little bit of info for the men listening in how you can fuck your woman open to God. So before we begin, this episode of Authentic Sex is brought to you by the Mahina Menstrual Cup. This beautiful menstrual cup is genuinely my absolute favorite cup. I have tried a few and this is my favorite. I guess the the main benefit for me of using the Mahina menstrual cup is that it never leaks. It's super soft and flexible and so you can barely feel it in your pussy. The cups last for up to 10 years, which is equivalent to about 10,000 tampons. So you're saving a lot by using a cup, saving the environment, saving your pussy by not using tampons that, that are potentially loaded with pesticides. And the other benefit of using the Mahina cup is that you can easily catch your blood and then use it in ritual or use it to water your plants or return it to the earth. So if you're interested, you can read more and purchase at www.mahinacup.com or find Mahina on Instagram at mahinacup. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Janine. Thank you so much for saying yes to being here today. That's beautiful being here with you, Juliet, sharing mm. some space with you again. <laughs> yeah. So we, I first met you when I did my first Easter in Byron, which was probably, I feel like it was at least three or four years ago now. Mm. Mm. And then we just came out of a womb, shamanic womb journey, which I journeyed on with you. You were facilitating it. So it feels good to be connecting again a week later and getting all this juicy wisdom and information from you. 
Yeah, it's lovely to be crossing over again so soon, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. So tell tell people who are listening a little bit about you and um, what you're doing in the world, and yeah, then we'll go from there. Yeah, well, currently um, the main work I'm doing is is facilitating different spaces, mixed spaces and um, female body spaces. Um, doing quite a lot with International School of Temple Arts around the world. Mm. Um, and my passion has been for many years of feminine mystery. So also doing shamanic womb journeys and some work on my land, Red Earth temples, some immersions and things. Yeah, but mostly traveling and facilitating retreats. Yeah. Mm. So what would you call yourself? Like if you were, do you have like a, a title? <laughs> What do you call yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, I, I don't know what to call myself. It's, it's a question, huh? Mm. It's funny, I, I have resistance to labels. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to call me. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I have resistance to labels too, so I love that. Yeah. Way too many labels in the world. Yeah. Mm. So let's... Yeah. So I was going to say labels kind of, kind of box things in a little bit as well. I feel like mm-hmm. they're, um, but I guess in essence, like you could use a facilitator um, title, you could use a shamanic womb witch title, you could, you know, there's many titles that you could come up with, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shamanic womb witch, that's a good one. We've never had a shamanic womb witch on the podcast. Let's go with that one. Let's go with that. <laughs> Introducing Janine, shamanic womb witch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we're going to cover ecstatic menopause, which I'm absolutely like fascinated by and um, really looking forward to opening up that conversation on the podcast. And then I'd love to cover the archetypes um, and, um, oh gosh, so much, like the feminine and how we can really embrace our blood. So let's just get to it. Let's talk. Firstly, we'll leave um, ecstatic menopause till later on in the episode. And I'd love to begin by talking about the different archetypes, the maiden, the mother, the crone, anything, any other archetype you wish to talk about. But just, um, yeah, sharing a little bit around, around those and how they um, are present in our lives. Sure. Sure. So um, I guess... archetypes is is a big subject Mm. Um, but working with the feminine mysteries I feel like the maiden mother and crone most of the feminine archetypes will fit into those categories so there's like a lot of archetypes within one archetype if that makes sense Mm. Um, so I you know for me the maiden energy is um, you know the young energy the um, radiant energy and for me, she kind of uh, lines up with the blood mysteries as well. I guess officially you could say the maiden is pre-blood, but I kind of feel like the maiden's about, you know, the initiating actually into first blood mm-hmm. and into that, the first, that the first blossoming of um, womanhood, mm-hmm. pre-mother energy, you know? So I feel like, yeah, I feel like her main quality is, in the radiance that she brings and in, in her innocence as well. She holds like an, an innocent quality and uh, um, in touch with the mystery and also 
I feel like she's connected to nature in a really deep way in the, she, you know, she always say it was the children that could see the, the, um, the fairies and the, you know, the, the goblins and things like that. So I feel like she has a connection to the elementals in nature and mm. snow white and, um, those mm. kind of archetypes can fit into the maiden. Mm. So, um, yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's just a, a little bit that's coming around maiden. Yeah. When you say connected to the mysteries, what do you mean by that for people who are like, what mysteries? What, what do you mean? Just could you unpack? Yeah. So uh, for me, the mysteries is, is so the feminine itself, the, the actual genre of femininity <laughs> mm. is really the mystery as in the masculine that has more the clarity. Mm. So there's like the unfolding of that. And for me, the feminine mysteries are the kind of the codes or the uh, traditions or the practices of the feminine understanding around the feminine that's been known for generations and generations and generations and goes back, you know, maybe thousands of years. Mm. And in a lot of esoteric traditions, um, the deep feminine mysteries or masculine mysteries or, um, even esoteric mysteries were handed down with certain groups of people. So they weren't, they were veiled actually, particularly the feminine mysteries were quite veiled. So it might only be the high priestesses or the priestesses that, that were, were in the inner sanctum of those mysteries. Um, but I feel like today, you know, things are being um, unveiled and shared and, and even the, you know, women's business is shared now with men so they can understand more deeply what's happening with the feminine in themselves and, and with um, their mothers, their sisters, their lovers. Mm. Um, I feel like there's been an unveiling as we, we come into deeper understanding with each other. Mm. Okay, cool. And so then um, when, when do we move from maiden into mother? Mm. So it depends on which tradition, because I guess for some you move from maiden to mother when the blood comes and you're physically able to create birth. Mm. Um, I, for me, I feel like the mother archetype comes in as, as a maturity with the blood mm. and obviously physically birthing a child would be when, when the mother archetype fully activates, but also I, I, there's that place where, in the maturity, there's a wisdom around holding the seed of creation of something mm. and gestating that and having the wisdom to cook that in the cauldron of the womb and then birth it into the world. And so the mother initiation can come through a physical birth, but also it can come through the birthing of a dream or the birthing of a project or the, you know, the birthing of mm. uh, some creativity that's coming through. Mm. So let's go in a little bit more into the womb. Why, why do, why do we say that we can birth like creative projects aside from birthing a baby, but create creativity and birthing new things in the world? Why does that, um, what's the theory behind that originating in the womb, that power? Like mm. I have my thoughts around this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because, um, yeah, I love what you have to say about this. Yeah. So, so I guess the womb is a, it, it's, it's a source of creative energy. It's a, it's a portal that can, that can grow on birth, but also it's, it's got a connection 
to um, what I like to call the void and what many others call the void, which is another word for that would be the cosmic womb or the pure creative potential of everything. Mm. So when we can access that pure creative potential of everything through the womb portal, we can then bring a seed through to start gestating and growing and cooking and, mm. um, and then, then birthing from that place. Mm. So it's, it's a powerful portal for creativity and, and yeah, birthing, birthing from nothing actually, which is what really the, what the womb does. It births and grows life from nothing mm. or the void or the creative potential of everything. Yeah. And would you say that's why one of the big reasons why um, you're doing the work in the world in regards to like the shamanic womb journey that you offer um, so that women can connect in deeper with the energy in their womb in order to be able to use the power of that to birth and manifest what they want? Yeah, for sure. You know, there's different ways of manifesting in the world and the more masculine way of manifesting is more linear and more um, coming up with an idea and then going vision, mission, goals that way of, mm -hmm. uh, of creating or manifesting. Kind of like a business plan. Yeah. Like a business plan would be a um, more masculine way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I said, it's, it's a very valid way of creating mm. um, what's actually powerful is when you're using both together. Um, mm. But the feminine way is more, um, is, is more by tuning in to what she's really longing for, what she, what she's dreaming. And then to hold that in the womb and vibrate it there and then call, call and vibrate from that place to call in and magnetize to her what she's wanting to manifest and birth. Mm. Um, and you know, that it's, it's, it's a really powerful way of creating and a different way of creating. And yeah, ultimately the most powerful way is bringing both of those ways into some kind of union. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm, beautiful. Let's talk a little before we go into the next archetype, let's talk a bit about um, when a woman is bleeding, how sacred that time is and how, what are your thoughts on um, a woman's ability to manifest? Does that amplify when we're bleeding? And if so, why? Mm. So there's different thoughts on this. Um, but as around the sacredness of the blood, I mean, that's, that's a huge subject really, but, um, let's go into that. Let's go into, yeah, that. you know, you know, traditionally the first, the first blood on the altar was not sacrificial animal blood. It was, um, womb blood. It was, it was menstrual blood. That was the first blood on the altar. Mm -hmm. And even a lot of the traditions that even moved to red wine and things like that on the altar track back to menstrual blood and menstrual blood was seen as really sacred. And if you think back to a time before it was known what create, how procreation occurred and, um, and what caused it, particularly the role of semen before that was known, women were seen as really magical because they could, they could create life inside their womb and birth it seemingly from nothing. And also they bled each month in line with the moon and didn't die. And 
you know, the warriors would go to battle and bleed and die, but a woman could bleed every month and not die. So there was a lot of magic and um, associated with the blood. And, and so traditionally the people were really um, attentive to the cycles and their, their womb bleeding in line with the moon. And there was rituals around that. And, um, when women are living under natural sunlight and moonlight together, they tend to start coming into sync with their, with their bleeding. Some people notice that when sisters are living together and things like that. Um, but there's also a link with living under natural sunlight and moonlight. It usually comes into line either with the dark moon or the full moon. So then there was like celebration together and sharing together around that time and a deep honoring and so the menstrual blood was really celebrated and re revered. But even beyond those kind of practices, you know, the menstrual blood contains stem cells. It's, um, it's got a lot of potency. And because of the hormones that are also produced around that time, a woman's at her most psychic at the time that she's bleeding as well. Um, it's when she can have access to her shadow self for integration. Um, there's a lot of portals that are opened at the time when we start to really tune in to our blood and also to the cycles of nature in line with that. Mm. Shamanic portal that opens. Yeah, cool. Um, a really like kind of practical, maybe even surface level example of that was today I was I'd like dedicated today to um, come up with content for a new workshop I'm running in about a month's time. And I thought, okay, I want to get all this, the content like mapped out and blah, 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 and be organized. And it just wasn't coming through. And then I was like, oh, I'm bleeding next week. I'll just wait till I'm bleeding. And I know I just fully trust that in when I'm bleeding, I can just sit, like sit in front of my altar, have my blood. And then it all just comes. It's like a download every time of what I need to be teaching and what the, you know, the participants need. It's like, so yeah, that's when I actually create a lot, a lot of my content that I deliver when I'm bleeding. Well, the natural, the energy flow is um, like when a woman's ovulating, um, she's more, takes her energy more out naturally in the flow of things. Mm. When she's bleeding, her energy is more internal and mm. tends to go more in. And so there's, it's uh, more able to deeply connect with, with self and yes, connect with other um, flows of energy that are wanting to come through and, and move through mm. as well. Shamanic portal. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. That you're really connecting with the downloads that happen more easily at that time. Yeah. So like, I just feel fully confident that it was like today wasn't the day I'll just wait till next week and then it'll be easy to, yeah, listen. Yeah. So thank you. Um, let's move into the next archetype. So we've gone from maiden, um, into the mother. And of course these archetypes exist within us at whatever age we're in. So it doesn't mean, Oh, now I've had a baby. Now I'm just the mother archetype. Mm -hmm. So for those listening, um, these archetypes exist within us, um, at any age, but when's the, the, I'm assuming the portal into, um, the crone archetype is menopause, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So we have, 
you know, we have really important physical initiations in the feminine and one is the first blood, the second is birth mm-hmm. and the third is menopause. And again, it's, again, a really powerful shamanic portal opens at that time. It's a powerful initiation and it's the time where the woman starts moving into her medicine woman, into her wise woman. And so as she goes through this portal, it starts preparing her to start giving her medicine back to the world in, in the earlier parts of her crone journey um, through to when she goes into the later stages of the, of the crone journey, which are more internal or, going more into like the bone woman and the death hag and the archetypes that most people don't really want to know too much about. (laughs) Do you go into those in your um, menopause, the ecstatic menopause retreat? I know you do. Yeah. 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 Ecstatic menopause retreat. We look, we look at the whole archetype of what I'm actually calling the ecstatic chrome because I feel like the chrome really needs a bit of a image recreation. (laughs) Yeah. Makeover. Makeover. The crone needs a makeover, right? Because you know what? What do we see in even um, kind of mainstream mythology, like fairy tales and things? The crone is the bent-up old lady, the evil witch that puts little children into ovens and cooks them. (laughs) Mm. All the different things that how the crone's depicted. She's the evil witch, Mm. Uh, and so you know, she's really being distorted and demonized as people are afraid of this initiation, afraid of the power of her actually, because this is when a woman's actually at her most powerful when she's accessing crone energies. Mm. Um, And so like a lot of the feminine pieces, you know, in this, there's, there's been suppression around those and distortion. Mm. She becomes alive through that portal. And after going through that portal, when the blood is no longer, um, released and given to the earth, the blood energy and the blood magic is being circulated in the being of the woman. So she has access, that window that's accessed um, while cycling is now accessible all the time. So the crone is where it's most easy to access psychic energy, shamanic portals, um, journeying um, with the earth and in the shamanic realms, uh, a lot more accessible and medicine mm. more accessible. Yeah. Why, why do you think um, there's so much stigma around menopause in general in, in this culture, in the Western world? Why do you think that that's the case? Because I know for, from, you know, growing up as a young woman, I've always thought of menopause as, oh, no, it's like this time where you get hot flushes and it's terrible and you get old, basically. That, they were the messages that were passed down to me. So. And still is, you know, that's the, that's really it. Like menopause is when you get old, you dry up, you get shriveled, you become invisible, um, you no longer want sex and it just all the stuff that kind of goes along with it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really a flow on from just even how menstruation's being treated as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, that's been shifting. I've really noticed a huge shift from when I first started bringing this work through like say 12 years ago, which was very edgy to talk about sacred menstruation. Whereas now that's, you know, a lot more acceptable in the world, but I think the menopause hasn't yet gone through that shift. And so menstruation has been something that's also people haven't wanted. They're medicating it. They're, um, 
you know, there's drugs to, so you don't have to menstruate, all those different things. So it's, it's a lot of been medicalized as well. Um, and so menopause is a bit of a flow on from that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're out of balance with our body physically, mm-hmm. and when we're also out of balance with our emotions, mm-hmm. then these cycles, whether it's menstruation or whether it's menopause, they're times, acute times really, where things that aren't resolved or need to be looked at, come up to have a, to be, to be really, um, journeyed into. And if we keep just like with menstruation, just keep pushing that down. It just gets a bit louder each month. And if it's still ignored menopause, it'll scream. (laughs) Yeah. What a great point. Yeah. So it's, but it's not because there's something wrong. It's because, you know, look, have a look inside. What is your deepest truth? What is your authenticity? What is your womb trying to communicate with you that you haven't been listening to? Where are you not living authentically? Where are you, where are you abandoning yourself? Where are you running over your feminine energy to chase whatever, you know, they're the messages that are really coming through. And so it's a call to deeper integrity and, and authenticity and deep journeying as to you know, what's, what's true now, what's true for me now. And to really start listening. It's like the womb screaming to listen, actually listen to me, Mm. listen to me, like be still, be quiet and journey in and breathe and feel me because everything's here. Your wisdom, your intuition, your, you know, the, the path of your life is all accessible here. Mm. Listen, Mm. And so when we start bringing that energy in, through menstruation, the time you get to menopause, it's not so much screaming because there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been looked at. It's more than showing us how to go into something deeper when we, and, and, and to really tune even at a deeper level to the body as well, mm-hmm. um, to listen to what's needed to go through this portal, what herbs might support, what, what daily practices might support this deepening into the body and deepening into authenticity and connection with the earth. Mm. So two things, one would be, I'd love you to talk a little around um, sex for the menopausal postmenopausal woman um, and how it doesn't have to be the case that we just dry up and never have sex again, which is the message that's out there. And then I'd love for you to share um, if you're open to it a little bit around your journey with menopause. Sure. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to go into the sexuality piece because I feel like there's just so much um, misunderstanding around that. And so the way I experience it and understand it is that most people are working with hormone-driven sexuality. Mm. So they're relying on their hormones for their libido and for the functioning of their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the case, um, going into menopause, the hormones do decline. And so if the only experience you have is of hormone-driven sexuality, then yes, your sexual sexuality will decline. Your libido will decline but there's so much more to sexuality and I'm not sure what you've been sharing on your podcast, Juliet, but I'm sure you've got into this. A fair bit, a fair bit of stuff, but, um, but, but not this. So keep going. It's great. Mm. So, um, 
there's a place with sexuality where it's 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 not relying on hormones it's actually moving beyond hormones and connecting with the earth connecting with the kundalini connecting with the serpent of the earth understanding how to bring the life force in through the body filling up the womb with life force energy bringing it through the heart understanding how to move energy through the body working with life force energy opening to the ecstatic current of life and this is this brings a whole so much more and so many more dimensions to sexuality working with these kind of energetics and these kind of these kind of energy energetics don't need hormones for them to move mm -hmm. <laughs> so in fact hormone driven sexuality pales into comparison as to what happens when you can start really accessing life force and understanding how to generate it and open it and move it in the body and so going through the menopause portal, sometimes women can feel a, a more of a containment of their sexuality, which is very different to sexuality being um, shut down or oppressed. So it can be a time where through the menopause portal, the life force energy is circulating really deeply in the womb and in the body as this initiation is moving through. It's not the case for all women, but it is for some. But on the other side of menopause, for women that have gone through the portal and know how to open the kundalini and work with the life force energy, um, sexuality becomes an even more amazing experience on the other side. A woman becomes juicier. She, her sexuality is now fully her own because there's no part of her that her sexuality is about procreation or birthing and her sexuality becomes even more alive and um, self-generated and can be shared from a completely different place on the other side. And there's um, more and more women that are starting to experience that more as they um, journey through this portal consciously mm. and working with different practices to support working with the Kundalini. Mm. A lot of people say that's what hot flushes are. Hot flushes are the Kundalini serpent trying to come through and Oh, wow. That's a cool. So they're like power surges. They're like power surges of energy as the Kundalini is trying to move through the blocks actually as it comes through. And it's also, you know, I feel like it, uh, menopause is also an initiation of fire as well. So it's a, it's working deeply with the fire element. So the hot flushes, like the fire elements coming in and take this, this initiation is bringing the fire element in and understanding how to work with it and integrate it and work with the potency and the alchemy of fire as well. So this is like all parts of this initiation to bring into the wisdom of the medicine woman on the other side. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. So what's what I'm, well, I know, I kind of know the story of your menopausal journey because you've shared it with me, but would you like to share just a little snippet of, of yeah, your journey and, um, and, and perhaps even, I know I have a few um, role models in my life, women that you also know who are like postmenopausal and they're so juiced up and they're like more sexual and, and more sexually active than a lot of younger women that I know. So, um, yeah, can you just speak into your experience? Because you're one of those women who really inspire me. <laughs> Well, so I'm in the portal at the moment. Um, I've, it's been a few years since my um, my blood test started showing that I was heading into there or was in there. Mm -hmm. um, but my 
I didn't, my blood didn't stop when it was supposed to stop according to the doctors. So <laughs> that's still been going along. Um, but yeah, in the, in the, in the initiation at the moment. And so, uh, yeah, my experience of this initiation is, um, it's, it's a, it's not an initiation to take lightly, actually. It's, mm. it, it's deep. And um, I can feel, I feel like I'm someone that's pretty emotionally current with my life. So uh, I've been journeying for such a long time through, I feel like I've cleared pretty much most of my past stuff and that all feels quite clear. Um, felt like a pretty emotionally update, but he, up to date, but even so going through this portal, I can feel there's like a stripping back of anything, anything, everything actually is being stripped back. Um, and energetically, energetically, it kind of feels like a, feels like I'm in a chaos kind of place of energy kind of swirling around, but not in a way that's disturbing at all. It's just sitting with it, but it, it feels like energetically things are moving or shifting or opening and dissolving. And um, it's like some kind of alchemy is happening beyond what my mind could even possibly explain. <laughs> yep. But deeply in my womb, I can just feel it like really moving and, and opening and shifting and I'm not quite sure into what I don't know what's on the other side of it. Mm. I feel very much in the mystery at the moment, but I can sense, I get a sense of what's on the other side of it, even though there's no clarity as to what's on the other side of it. Mm. So um, it's taking me deeper into trust, it's taking me deeper into the mystery and just really having deep respect for this portal and moment to moment meeting it, you know, meeting it, knowing that, that I'm being molded and opened and needed yeah. <laughs> for this next phase going into the wise woman and the elder. Mm. Mm. And um, you're, you're a naturopath. So I'd love to know, well, you, well, you used to work as a naturopath. Yeah. You're not currently practicing, but um, you'd have quite a good knowledge of like how nutrition and herbs, etc., impact this time in our life or the time in your life, do you feel like um, eating healthy except or all the healthy stuff really has, has had a good impact on you? Like, are you managing it with herbs and stuff? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like it's, uh, you know, I had 20 years working as a naturopath and mm. um, such simple dietary changes can make such a big difference as mm. Experience. And also not only around the physical symptoms that women may experience, but also eating more, um, eating more in line with nature and any, look, I'm really big on intuitive eating now. And that doesn't mean indulging in addictions and cravings and saying that's your intuition. <laughs> that's not intuitively eating a whole packet of Tim Tams. No. That's <laughs> my body's intuitively telling me I need to eat this packet of Tim Tams. <laughs> It's, um, you know, detoxing the body is really important because that helps to bring it back to a set point that then can start to really feel and tune in to what's needed because different things do work for different people. Um, but a more natural-based diet, of course, is always going to be better for any, ex any physical experience someone's going through. But then it's like tuning into the herbs, you know, because there's herbs, so many herbs to support this, this portal that 
which has got the right nutrients, the right qualities, the right shamanic energies that are there to also support going through this um, portal. So working with the, with plant medicines is very powerful. Things like um, black cohosh, or I prefer to call it black snake root as it's originally Ooh, known. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> it's nice, huh? That's more appealing. I want some of that. <laughs> Sage, like sage is a phytoestrogen that supports menopause, you know, sage. And it's like sage is the wise, the wise person. It's so interesting when you start looking at um, the wisdom behind even the naming of many herbs and how, how they support, um, you know, even things like vitamin E can help and magnesium. And, um, but it's really just tuning in to what, what the body's really calling for and, and trusting that as well. Like I feel so much happens in the West where we just, we hand over to some authority that's going to tell us what exercise we should do, how we should, how we should market our business, what we should eat, how many times we should drink water in a day. Like we're outsourcing everything and just becoming more and more disconnected from our intuition when actually the body knows exactly what it needs or exactly the person to go to that can then, um, educate them about the herbs so that, that then they tune in and feel that's what the one that they need, you know, working with the body is so important. Mm, thank you. Great advice. Mm. All right. So moving on from, is there anything else you'd like to add on the topic of ecstatic menopause before I move on to my next question? Well, I'd, I'd probably like to speak about just the ecstatic part. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go there. <laughs> Cause I, I feel like it's, it, it's, it's so important to be really tuning into the qualities of energy around you know, initiations. And with, a, you know, once we've cleared uh, a lot that happens, a lot of things that are stored in the womb, particularly at the cervix where a lot of the lineage wound, wounds are held, um, birth, childbirth can be ecstatic, you know, mm. like why wouldn't it? All those nerve endings that are there, like it's, it, it's supposed to be orgasmic. It's supposed to be ecstatic. Mm. So childbirth can be ecstatic and some people are more familiar with that. Um, death can also be ecstatic, you know, and I don't see why menopause can't be ecstatic as well. Cause really when, when we're not ecstatic, it's because we're not allowing life force to move through. We're not opening to, and we're not meeting and we're not vibrating with life. So every initiation in our life can be ecstatic if we really meet it. And ecstatic doesn't mean some kind of disconnected, skipping through the tulips, happy, happy place. Ecstatic is like feeling it all fully and, and letting life like vibrate right through in every, in every moment in its fullness and meeting everything, every feeling, every texture, every moment um, that opens up to the ecstatic moving through, life moving through in all its fullness. Mm. So, yeah, I really want to, would love to see women approaching this portal in a different way and really opening to an ecstatic menopause and not buying into a lot of the, um, the contraction around menopause and a lot of the distortion around what this initiation really is. Mm. Beautiful. It, that actually answered what I was going to ask because I was going to say that you spoke a lot in the retreat that I just did with you about um, awakening ecstasy in the body as the feminine path. So I was going to ask you about that, but you, you've kind of just covered it in a way. 
is there anything more you'd like to expand? Well, yeah, I guess like the feminine, for me, like the masculine penetrates life, right? The masculine goes forward and penetrates life. The feminine opens to the fullness of life and she lets all of life move through her. So what brings in her ecstasy is when, when her body is open, when her energy field is open, when her womb is open and activated, because a lot of women's wombs are not activated. They're not open. Even if they're having penetrative sex, they're not necessarily opening their womb or activating their womb. Mm -hmm. And when, when the womb's open, when it's activated, when energy can start to open and move right through, it moves into the womb, it moves through the womb, it moves and opens into the heart and expands the heart, it opens up through the throat, it opens up through the crown, we become a full portal for life force to move through. Mm. Um, that's ecstatic, that's the ecstatic of the feminine and that's really what she's deeply longing for, you know, to feel ecstasy moving through the body all the way all the way through mm, beautiful great well um the, the next topic i want to bring up before we finish is um you spoke a lot about you've spoken a lot about i'm um, not in this podcast but i've heard you speak a lot about the feminine um and how we're longing to be fucked open to god mm. and i have I'm spoken about this a little, but it's like this thing that gets spoken about that we're longing to be fucked open to God. But what does that mean? Like what, what for you does that, that mean? How can you, can you speak a little into that? Cause I love this concept and yeah. it really resonates with me and we did lots of work and rituals yeah. around it. Um, on the wound. Yeah. Journey. And we obviously be going in a deeper way in the retreat. But, yeah. um, so in a way it's an extension of what I was just sharing around this opening of the channel. And so the frame I work in is that, you know, I, that I have a feminine mass, I have feminine energy and masculine energy kind of within me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I work a lot with both of those energies, but from the feminine aspect, the feminine is this kind of, is the open, the receptive energy. And what she's really longing for is to be opened all the way. So life force can, th can flow through. And so it's the penetrative principle that, that, that can do that, that can bring energy through and penetrate her all the way through. And so to God, what is God? That's a big subject. <laughs> <laughs> that's another, that's another call another day. Hey, <laughs> the podcast and a good way to polarize the audience by bringing yeah. that, that uh, languaging. But for me, whether you call it God, whether you call it divine, whether you call it the universe, whether you call it life force, whether you call it yin and yang, you know, it, these are all words that people try to put on something that's not explainable. So um, if you kind of got your active penetrative principle and then you've got your open receptive principle and the open receptive principle is really wanting to be penetrated. She wants to be open. She wants to be fucked by life, by, by breathing, by the penetrative parts of life, like opening fully to it. So she's flowering and vibrating and there's no part of her in contraction or in resistance. She's fully open and life is just flowing through her because the channel's fully opened. So 
like that's what the feminine is really longing for, you know, really wanting. Mm. She wants to be in her full openness, a full vibration, so she all of life can flow through her. Mm. So for the men listening who are in relationship with women and they're like, this is the first time they've heard these um, these ideas, um, and they're like, oh, sh- wow, okay. So if the feminine within my woman wants to be fucked open to God, um, how can they like, <laughs> oh, big question, but how can they... <laughs> <laughs> How can men fuck women open to God? <laughs> you know, what would you say to the men listening? Because I, I guarantee there's a lot of men listening to this and yeah. loving it. Yeah, well, as it, it's a big, it's a big um, question. So it is. So, and, and then we're going to wrap it up. This is your last question. And then. So I, I, well, there's a few points around that. The first oh. one is for a man to really know how to fuck a woman open to God, hmm. He needs to have experienced it first himself. Mm. So one of one of the ways of doing that is to is to be really in touch with his own feminine and have the experience of um, being opened in that way. So so that's one way to have that experience in itself, and that's why I do womb work for men actually in in mm-hmm. some places, so that they so so a man can have the experience of what that might feel like. So then um, he becomes more vibrational in that way. Mm-hmm. So then when the male's penetrating, there's more vibra- vibrational energy in the phallus energy. So the so it's not so much it's not fucking someone open to God is not harsh penetration. <laughs> It's, it's a sensing and feeling where the portals are, where the resistance is and then vibrating at those portals and then opening, opening, opening in that way. And for the male body, it's really understanding that the phallus energy is much larger than the actual physical, um, physical member. Um, so the, the phallus energetically is, can extend through a woman, through her womb, up through her heart, up through all the way. So when a, when a male body understands that, when he's penetrating, he's taking his energy more than what his physical phallus is and, and extending it through and that supports the opening through the woman's body. That's a very short answer to a very big question, but it is, but it's very succinct. I love it. It it makes sense to me. And it's, it's a nice, um, something for everyone to think about. (laughs) We might have to get you on for like round two in a few months. I'll probably be plenty of questions for you after this episode. Well, on that, on that particular male aspect of it, you know, it's, 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 it's another one of my, subjects that actually touches my heart deeply is mm. that um we're not educating you know our society doesn't educate men on how to penetrate actually mm. they either work it out in the schoolyard or work it out try to work it out in young teenage whatever or or try to learn off pornography which of course doesn't um give the education that necessarily might be the most useful mm. so um it's a big it's a big lacking piece where um, for men to actually be initiated into their phallus energy and understand how to work with it in a bringing the heart energy into the into the phallus and being able to work with that in themselves and and with another so mm, i agree yeah. i agree 
Mm, well, and is there anything else you'd like to add, Janine? Yeah, nothing's coming to mind. I think we've covered quite a bit. Mm. I feel like we've covered quite a bit and you've done it beautifully and this is a lot a lot for people to listen to and digest. So um, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And um, if people want to connect with you, how can they do that? Website? Do you have- Website's the best. Um, and my website is redearthtemple.com. What a great URL. <laughs> redearthtemple.com okay so yeah if you want to connect with janine visit www.redearthtemple.com thank you so much really appreciate you it's been lovely lovely spending some time with you <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of authentic sex if you loved the episode and the content please head on over to itunes and leave me a five-star rating this means that more and more people will be able to access the show and as a community we can impact the world globally with this information that people just aren't getting so thank you so much if you would like to get more information on anything that i have shared you can visit www.juliet j-u-l-i-e-t hyphen allen a-l-l-e-n.com and you can also find me on instagram where i'm quite active which is at juliet j-u-l-i-e-t underscore allen a-l-l-e-n 